Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hi, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show. I'm really excited for the whole hour. I'm having an amazing guest who's going to show you how you can change your life by changing your genes. My guest is Dr. Kenneth Pelletier, and his book is Change Your Genes, Change Your Life, Creating Optimal Health with the New Science of Epigenetics. Dr. Kenneth Pelletier is really an icon in this field. He's a clinical professor of medicine at the UCSF School of Medicine and former clinical professor of medicine at Stanford School of Medicine. He's authored numerous books, including the international bestseller, Mind is Healer, Mind is Slayer. Dr. Pelletier is a peer reviewer for several medical journals, including the Journal of Occupational and Environmental Medicine. He serves on a number of corporate boards and is vice president of, with American Specialty Health. He's been published in over 300 professional articles and has appeared on ABC, CBS, CNN, NBC, and BCC, BBC to discuss all of his research. Welcome, Dr. Kenneth Peltier. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that very nice introduction. Oh, well, good. You know, I, I really want to talk about this because I was telling you before the break, I think that there's a lot of ageism in our culture. People think you're going to be 60 or 65 and that's it. And then you'll probably get sick after you retire. And it's not like that anymore. I mean, people in their 70s are starting new careers, new relationships. They're thriving. So please address that because I think we need to change our mindset. That's what I'm here to help people do. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, I think the first one of the first things to do is look at this supposed age of uh, elderly or retirement, which is age 65. It's a, a complete artifact. It has to do with the turn of the century uh, with the German Weimar Republic. And uh, the politicians were being forced to create a social security system, some form of uh, financial support for the uh, growing elderly population. And so they uh, uh, conducted a survey, and they concluded that at that time, again, turn of the century in Germany, that most people were dead by age 65. And so that's why they set the age of retirement and qualification for Social Security under the Weimar Republic at age 65. It was really a cynical uh, statement of the fact Mm. that, well, no one was going to, fewer people would be around to collect it. And yet, so we have, we carry fast forward to the present time, somehow we think of 65 as an age at which people should retire, at which, you know, they're intellectually not as sharp as they used to be, they don't have the kind of energy, et cetera, et cetera, and that's ageism. It's making assumptions about a person, a person's capacity, a person's intellectual, physical, and emotional capacity based on their age, which is completely uh, arbitrary. And and the last thing I would observe is that in medicine for probably 40 years now, we've always had the concept of biological age versus healthy aging. And your biological age is a number, and it has nothing to do with the reality of your actual age in terms of a healthy, vital uh, aging capacity at no matter what your biological age is. Yeah, that's so true. 
And so carrying that along, explain for our audience what epigenomics is. What is epigenetics? I know there's epigenomics and epigenetics, but what that, what that is and how we have some control over this. Right. I think probably the biggest misconception that people have, again, and in keeping with the ageism misconception, is that genes are like the hard drive on our computers, that it's a set of invariant laws that govern everything about our height, our weight, our eye color, hair color, uh, how long we're going to live, what kinds of illnesses we're going to succumb to, etc., and that is simply you know, not the case. Uh, less than 5% of what we experience in our adulthood life is due to what are called monogenic or fully penetrant genes. Wow. So if you have that genetic predisposition, it normally will show up before the age of one year old. Uh, after that, it really has to do with everything that we do to influence our genes. So my book title, uh, Change Your Genes, is actually a gotcha title because our genes don't change um, except when they're due to radiation exposure or herbicides or uh, pesticides. That's, I think, one of the reasons why Roundup is such an issue now because Roundup does negatively impact the gene. It disrupts and destroys the genes. So genes can be destroyed, but they're basically, unless they're expo- under those kinds of exposures, uh, electrocution is something that also changes genes. Um, they remain constant throughout our lives. What does change is this field of epigenesis. And mm-hmm. epigenetics or epi means above, around, over, or surrounding. So it's all of the influences around the gene itself that govern its expression. So you may have a gene that is for inflammation and whether or not your diet, stress, environmental exposure, relationship to other people, your attitude, uh, whether or not that gene is ever expressed or expressed excessively is dependent on what you do, not on the gene itself. Mm. So, so, you know, it's interesting. I had Dr. Daniel Amen on who wrote the book Memory Rescue, and he said the same thing, that, you know, the the statistics are that when you're 85, the 50% of us will have dementia. And he said that doesn't have to happen. There are so many things we can do in our lifestyle to change that. It's very similar to what you're saying. I totally agree with that. Um, And, in fact, you know, again, the statistics about who's going to succumb to what kinds of illness at a given age, that's statistical. It's a probability. It's a mathematical um, calculation. It has nothing to do with you as an individual. We all know people at 90 who are more vital than people we know in their 30s. Yes, yes. And there are are basically blue zones all over the world where people live well into their hundreds and very, you know, great vitality. We can you know, talk about that, but certainly the onset of Alzheimer's is entirely something that we can regulate. Um, And again, the early onset Alzheimer's, it usually is prior to age 50. It is different than Alzheimer's that begins to show up in our 70s and 80s. And there's a, a person at UCLA, Dr. Dale Bredesen, who's developed a multifactorial intervention for people who are in fact in early stages and even intermediate stages of Alzheimer's. And he's having phenomenal success with actually arresting 
the cognitive really? decline or even reversing it. So Alzheimer's mm-hmm. is not, and I want to really emphasize this, is not an inevitable disease, and it is not an inevitable consequence of aging. So, so Ken, what are things we can do when you talk about this? Is it diet, exercise, attitude, uh, nutrition, uh, the environment? Is it all of that? Sleep? I mean, is it all of it combined? Yes. In a, in a nutshell, yes, it is. <clears throat> if you think about any state of health or any state of illness, it's usually not one major uh, impact. So it's not a genetic inheritance. But what it is, is, you know, the, the cliche, uh, you know, death by a thousand cuts. Um, it's, in effect, health by a thousand contributions or, in fact, decline because of a thousand errors. So diet has a huge impact on genetic expression. Stress is major factor that governs whether or not we're going to live well and live long than probably any other single factor. Um, environmental exposure, absolutely, in the ways that we've been talking about, but also things that are more subtle, like, for instance, our relationships. So it's very clear, it's been known for 40 years that people who have social support, they have a family, they have friends that they connect with, they live in a supportive environment of people Mm -hmm. they know. And by the way, it can even be plants, it can even be animals. So it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be people. There's some fascinating research on that, Mm -hmm. on the life extension capacity of people taking care of one simple houseplant. So it can be Mm -hmm. anything that has a positive impact on restoring, enhancing a person's sense of purpose. And there are many things that we can do, and we can talk about some specifics in each of these areas. Yeah, I would like uh, to, because I'd like to talk about the biomarkers, if you will. You know, what are the the things we can do in those biomarkers? Well, for instance, um, in, in the area, in the area of diet has a huge uh, impact on epigenetics. And I think all of us are totally confused. I mean, I go to conferences yes. and I hear about the high fat diet, the low fat yeah, diet, right, the right. ketogenic diet, the paleo diet. And they're very often conflicting, contradictory, low on uh-huh. data recommendations. So people get confused and we wonder what is the best diet. And to me, the question is not what is the best diet. The question is what is the best diet for you? Exactly. And there are now genetic assays that people can take that can really pinpoint the best foods in terms of how your body absorbs and utilizes nutrients. So you can do these genetic assays. But if we step back and say generally from the hundreds and even thousands of patients we've now seen, best diet overall is the Mediterranean diet. Mm-hmm. It has the most research. Uh, Dr. Walter Willett at Harvard uh, really was the one who developed this idea, and this goes back 40, more than 40 years, and it's a diet characteristic of the Mediterranean Sea. So it's Greece, uh, Italy, Spain, uh, the southern Mediterranean countries, and it has unique characteristics, predominantly fish as a protein source. It's high in vegetables and fruits and uh, in, in extra virgin olive oil. There's very little meat in the diet, not because they're philosophically opposed to meat, but because it's very expensive to raise cattle and sheep for slaughter uh, the way we do in, in the United States. 
So their choice is basically fish as a mainstay and rice and beans. So the protein source becomes something that's not uh, red meat consumption and red meat slaughter. It also mm-hmm. uh, spares them the kinds of antibiotics and the kind of pesticide uh, residues that are in red meat that's raised for, for slaughter and consumption. Right, so right. those are, you know, they, they, they do drink what we would consider perhaps more than average or more than moderate amounts of wine, but it wine. is yeah. consumed with meals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, yeah, and I want to say, too, that often their food is grown right there. So, you know, from, from the farm to the table, if you will, is pretty close. We often have 20 steps before we get to the food. So that makes a difference, too, correct? Totally agree with that. Totally agree. Yeah, yeah. The farm to table is a very short trip in these yeah, countries. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So All right. I totally agree. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more to Dr. Ken Pelletier. You can certainly call us during the, and we'll have the number on during the uh, commercial break. But we're talking about his book, Change Your Genes, Change Your Life, and creating optimal health with the new science of epigenetics. And what can you do to extend your life and be healthier and happier? You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you understand your feline friends as well as you'd like? Why do they behave the way they do? If behavior issues get out of hand, how do you fix things? Get the answers and more when you listen to Cat Talk Radio with host Molly DeVos. We'll give you the straight facts, offer some tried and tested ideas, and alert you as to what's being done in this country and worldwide to save cats and shelter challenges. Cat Talk Radio on Voice America Variety. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. 
Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show hi everyone and we are back and we are talking for the whole hour to Dr. Kenneth Pelletier, who is Ph.D. and M.D. His brand-new book is Change Your Genes, Change Your Life. Biology is no longer destiny. Our DNA doesn't determine our health and disease prospects as our genetics once believed. And according to the new science of epigenetics, the vast majority of our genes are fluid and dynamic, and their expression is shaped by what we think and what we do. And this is what we're going to talk about with Dr. Kenneth Pelletier, who is a clinical professor of medicine, Department of Medicine, and Department of Family and Community Medicine at the California School of Medicine in San Francisco. And he has written, he has spoken for or worked with Fortune 500 companies, many of them, and written many, many books. You can log on to drpeltier.com. Welcome back, Kenneth. Welcome back, Ken. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, so, I mean, I, I know that, you know, one of the things you write is that, you know, our profile, which is genetic, may be inherited as a vulnerability, but our choices and behaviors can switch this on or off. So that's what I really want you to take a look at. And we've talked about food, but what are some areas or biomarkers, explain what those are, so that we can learn what we can do to expand our age and our longevity in a healthy way? Right, so biomarkers are a number, and every function in our body has a numerical value in medicine. So as an example, the most obvious one is cholesterol. Um, If you ask 10 years ago for having this conversation, you asked your listeners, do they know their cholesterol? Some might, some, some may not. Today you ask, and everyone will know their cholesterol, total cholesterol. So that's a biomarker. It's a number that that is associated. So what we want ideally in our biomarkers for optimal health and longevity is within a a range. We want our numbers not to be too high or too low. And that's that's the range of optimal uh, health. So one of those biomarkers is a telomere. And a telomere is a basically it's a marker of aging. It's an X-shaped chromosome. And the and so when you think about an X, the length of the X uh, basically indicates your life expectancy. So the longer it is, the better. And the end of it is like a shoelace. It's like a tip. And the more intact that tip is, the more likely it is that that subsequent replication, when that duplicates, it's going to remain the same. It's like if you have a Xerox and you have a very good copy, you can make a pretty good copy the next time and so on until finally, you know, the copy will disappear. It loses resolution. Well, if you look at telomeres in human beings, what we find is that under optimal conditions of diet and other factors, stress, 
and you multiply the the replication of telomeres, we should be living between 125 and 150 years. That's what our telomeres are programmed to have us do. So the question is, why are we only living into our 70s and 80s? And the longest lived individual that's recorded was Jean Calumet at uh, age 123 when she died in Paris about seven or eight years ago. So we are shortening our life expectancy by 30 and 40 years, again, Mm -hmm. through our diets, through stress, through, through the environmental degradation, all those are within our influence and all of those have a direct impact on, on telomeres. We've done research that over 12 weeks of a, of a diet stress management uh, program, you can actually elongate your telomeres. You can extend your life expectancy mm-hmm. in as little as 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. But now, Ken, there are some things that are difficult, like the environment. So, for example, these centenarians that, you know, live to 100 often live in very pure environments or in altitudes where the air is is cleaner. So, I mean, there are some things in toxicity in our culture that are there and we can't avoid. So, how do you work around that? Yeah, those are, that's a, you know, you make a very good distinction. It is true that they tend to live in rural environments in which they do not have soil and air uh, contamination, which does shorten our life expectancy. There's no question about that. But as an example, um, the liver uh, and the intestinal tract is really made for detoxification. So even when we are exposed to pesticides and environmental pollution in our diet and our daily activity, especially if we're in uh, a city, we can actually enhance the capacity to detox, to help the liver to detoxify. So one example is milk thistle as a, uh, a supplement. And milk thistle has the effect of detoxifying the liver, helping to rid the liver of toxifying chemicals, too many uh, medications. So we can somewhat blunt the impact of that. But again, it makes all of us want to be aware of the fact we all need to be environmental activists. Um, we need to reduce pollution in the environment. We need to have clean air, clean water, uh, good soils, et cetera. And that's something collectively that we can take action on. Okay. All right. We've got a call around the air. Uh, Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Patricia. Hi, Kenneth. How are you doing today? Hi. <laughs> good. Thanks. What's your question? I'm, I'm very, I'm very inspired by this topic. I, um, I, have been working in the field of nutrition for uh, a few years and I get frustrated by the propensity of people to say, Oh, I can't help it. It's in my genes. You know, I'm genetically predisposed to heart disease, diabetes or cancer. And so, you know, I just heard that at the coffee shop this morning. Someone, um, I think my question is, you know, it's, it's a matter of choice or feeling hopeless that you don't have a choice. Um, I'm wondering if you have any um, research or any studies that you can point to about um, about that people people feeling hopeless or people you know not not being empowered to to live their fullest life. Well, it's a critical question. There is, yeah, as you know, there is a great deal of research on what's called helpless and hopeless. And so when you have a patient who's hospitalized or has a serious condition, if they start talking about feeling helpless, if they start talking about feeling hopeless, that's a red alert. Uh, the likelihood they're going to die in a relatively short period of time goes goes up tenfold. So that's 
that's something that alerts you to the fact that you need to intervene. Now, on the opposite side of that, what you're really talking about is stress. People feel they have no control. It's in their genes. It's in the environment. It's in their poor diet. But what we need to realize is that we choose those influences and how they impact us. Uh, in, 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 at the genetic level, there's something called single nucleotide polymorphisms, a terrible long phrase, but they're rheostats, and they turn up a gene influence and they turn it down. And so foods that we eat, the stress that we have in our lives, the environmental exposure turns on or turns off favorable or negative gene predispositions. And once a person realizes that, just the recognition that they have a choice about eating foods, where they have a choice about learning a stress management technique, they have a choice to become physically active. Uh, Certainly in Rhode Island with the beaches and the wonderful general environment in that state, there's kind of no excuse to be inactive and not physically uh, uh, engaged. So physical activity, again, has a hugely regenerative impact uh, on the physical body. And when people become active, they tend to feel that they can influence other aspects of their life and it generalizes. So the, the helplessness is, is contagious, as is the ability to realize you do have an influence that's equally contagious. Great. Michelle, any other comment or question? Oh, I think um, you're right on target. I was listening earlier to you talking about the Mediterranean diet and um, you know, when we, when we come, when we talk about diet, it's what's trendy, what's popular, almost like the whole human population is like a human experiment. Let's see what happens when we do this, you know, and, and I love the idea of that, like personalized medicine, you know, food as medicine, personalized nutrition plan. I really love that uh, concept. I want to dive into that. So thank you so much. You're welcome. And that is the future. Some of the genetic assays, there are about seven or eight companies right now that have good science-based genetic assays that can literally get down to telling you something like you should be eating walnuts and not almonds because genetically you're programmed to digest almonds and has a better impact on blood sugar. So, I mean, it's very, (laughs) very specific. And in the next two to three years, we will see more of that. So the idea of the ideal diet becomes a silly question. It really is the ideal diet for you, and we're going to be able to answer that. Hmm. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. That's yeah. Awesome. Thanks for calling, Michelle. Ken, when will those, are those around now, the cafes, how do people find out about that? And is it an expensive uh, thing to, uh, to purchase? Right. Uh, They're not expensive. And and just parenthetically, I have no financial interest, no conflict of interest in any of these uh, companies. So it's really a purely objective assessment. There are two or three companies that I think are are really very good. They usually run about $200 to $400 to get a a genetic uh, assay. Uh, So one is a company called Day2, D-A-Y-T-W-O, Day2. There is an an Israeli-based company. They've been around for about 10 years, and they do a very good genetic assay looking at glycemic uh, spikes. So when you have a glycemic spike that's stressful to your body, you have to excrete insulin to digest that food, and how much spike it creates is a measure of how bad the food is for you, and the leveling is how good it is. And so that's one. Uh, There's another called DNA Fit. 
which is out of London, that really looks at the physical uh, component activity level and how your genetics influence your ability to exercise. And is aerobics better for you? Is stretching? Is Pilates better? And it also looks, again, makes dietary recommendations. The other is uh, the last one, and like, there are many others, but there's a company called Onegevity, O-N-G-E-V-I-T-Y, One O-N-E, I'm sorry, O-N-E-G-E-V-I-T-Y, Onegevity in New York. And they do a very good assay that includes genetic blood and microbiome or digestive tract assays. And again, these run anywhere between two and $400. If you do them once a year, that's more than adequate. But you'll be surprised at the information you get that is very specific to your individual diet. Oh, that's great to know. What do you call them again? A- assays? Cafes? Assays, what do you call yes, them? Yes, assays. A S S A Y. It's a a lab word, I guess. <laughs> so lab assay or assessment. An assay is just yeah. short for an assessment. Is it is it kind of like Ancestry.com where they're finding out who your ancestors are? Is it well, similar in that uh, way? Well, Ancestry.com depends on what they call it. There's human DNA and there's what, environmental DNA. So human DNA is the genetics that, that does not change and will give you a sense of your um, ancestral history. Uh, environmental DNA is what I'm talking about, which is the DNA that's modified by your behavior. So you can't change the fact that you have Irish ancestry or Russian ancestry. Right. You can change the impact of diet on your environmental DNA. So it's, mm. it's the same principle, but uh, a different application. That's so great. I didn't really know about these, and I think that's really important, you know, for people because, again, it allows you to do something. It's not uh, telling, it's not gloom and doom. It's saying, here are your, here are your factors, but here's what you can do. So oh, yeah, that, we I have could... really excellent data from patients coming through our clinic here where if you give them four consecutive reports on these assays, again, this is managing severe heart disease or rheumatoid arthritis or irritable bowel, you know, major conditions that you can bring a person from extremely high risk down into low to even non-existent risk in about a year of providing mm-hmm. clear, personalized information on what they can do with all of the factors we're talking about to modify that genetic push. So you push it back into a, an optimal zone. Mm, terrific. All right, we've got three minutes to break. So what about exercise? Again, there's so many different kinds of exercise. Should we be doing a combination of cardiovascular and stretching and aerobic? Um, and, uh, you know, there's... And also, what's the other one? Weight weight training or strength training. Should we be doing combinations of all those? Or what do you think? Again, short answer is yes in terms of combinations. You really want to mix it up. And, uh, and actually, if you look at the latest research, what they call high-intensity interval training, so where you really raise your heart rate up for two or three minutes and you drop it off for two or three minutes and you raise mm. it back up for two or three minutes, and again, you're doing different things. You're doing leg lifts, you're doing running, you're doing stretching, uh, but the main thing is that exertion and then periods of rest, and exertion and periods of rest over about 15 to 20 minutes, so it's a very short workout actually has all of the cardiovascular benefits of, say, sustained 30 to 45 minutes of aerobic running. So it's a more efficient way 
to basically get the exercise your body needs. And you see that there is some great research how uh, exercise does have an impact on life extension, has an impact on digestion, uh, has an impact on the telomeres that are very positive. So our, our ability to be physically active is a critical part of our health. And now we're seeing that it has an effect at the cellular level. Yeah, so really, uh, really important. But again, as you said, it's varied, right? And I think what you were talking about is something called Tabata, Tabata exercises, yes. where you'll yeah. do, you know, like 20 reps and then stop or 20 seconds and then stop and rest for 20 seconds. And Correct. then they do that a lot in pool aerobics and also aerobics as well. Yeah, and that's seems- where it came from. It really came out of the pool aerobics initially. And now, again, you, if, if you look at the latest research, they've really verified the fact that the cardiovascular fitness derived from that kind of 15 to 20-minute interval, three non-consecutive days in a week, gets you virtually the same level of doing five days of 30 and 45-minute aerobic activity sustained. So it's, it's a very, it makes our, our ability to say, well, I don't have the time if any of us don't have 20 minutes every other day, I'd be shocked. <laughs> so we definitely right. have time. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We've, we're talking to Dr. Kenneth Peltier, who's an icon in this field for decades. His brand new book is Change Your Genes, Change Your Life, Creating Optimal Health with the New Science of Epigenetics. And we're really talking about uh, that biology is no longer our destiny. Our DNA doesn't rigidly determine our health and, and disease prospects, as the previous generation of geneticists really believed. But according to this new science of epigenetics, our genes are shaped by what we think and what we do. So Dr. Ken Peltier will talk about this. We'll talk next about attitude and mind and how important is all of that in this, as well as sleep. You're listening to The Patricia Raskin Show right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. And you can log on to DrKenPelletier.com. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Have you ever experienced the joy of living? Not just aspects of your life, but the true joy of life itself. Barry Shore has. You could call him an ambassador of joy. From a successful entrepreneur to becoming a quadriplegic due to a rare disease to his ongoing recovery through swimming and physical rehabilitation. Barry now presents his gifts to others as host of The Joy of Living. All you need to do is tune in. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert Alex Fullick. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts. We'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. are listening to the Patricia Raskin show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com. Now, back to the Patricia Raskin show. Hi everyone, and we are back, and we're talking with Dr. Kenneth Peltier about his new book, Change Your Genes, Change Your Life, and it's about creating optimal health with the new science of epigenetics. Dr. Kenneth Peltier has been doing this work for decades in terms of health, and his international bestseller was Mind is Healer, Mind is Slayer. He's been a peer reviewer for several medical journals. He's been on many television shows and and a lot of major experts like Deepak Chopra. And um, so many of them have really endorsed his work because we're really looking at how can we stay healthy as we get older. Uh, Welcome back, Ken. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, as we said, until recently, the reigning scientific assumption has been that our genes determine our fate. But the latest research demonstrates this to be mostly false. And so what Dr. Pelletier does in his new book is he reveals that our genes respond to how we interact with our world. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about, let's say, you know, you're eating well and you're exercising well and you're doing all this stuff and you just have a really rough emotional life you're in a bad relationship, or you have really tough problems, so your attitude is negative. How does that affect all of this, even if you're doing other things that are working? Well, a negative attitude is inherently destructive. Um, you know, the global rubric would be, would be stress. And when people are under stress, if they're depressed, if they're anxious, if they're irritable, if they're angry, that has a catabolic function or an energy destruction effect on the the body. So the opposite side of that, if a person is in that place, is, is a basically to do a form of meditation. And that's not esoteric. It can be anything that you focus on, a prayer, a word, a sound, a sight, a place, that you can hold your consciousness in a place. Because there's research actually out of Harvard that looked at meditators over 12 weeks and what they found is after 12 weeks of meditation every single one of the biological functions every single uh, biological marker or genetic marker we've been talking about was improved or enhanced after uh, 12 weeks and there was a uh, that was a study a number of years ago then a few years ago a very smart graduate student said well I wonder if it can take a lot less time than 10 to 12 weeks. So he looked at a meditators before and after a 20-minute period of meditation. And what he found 
was that all the biological markers were improved after 20 minutes of meditation. So it doesn't mean that we can meditate for 20 minutes and all as well, but it gets us moving in a direction of improving our outlook, of, of most importantly, I think, having a sense of purpose. If you're yeah. upset, yeah. if you're distressed, if you're anxious, that means that you've lost a sense of direction in your life, a sense of purpose. And restoring that, checking in with yourself, getting to your deeper part of yourself through meditation practice um, is the best possible way to reinstate what is your purpose in life to live accordingly has a huge, powerful impact on extending yeah. life expectancy. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. What about sleep? I think sleep is underrated. People brag about how little sleep they need, but sleep is when we refuel and replenish, correct? Correct. I mean, there are people that are known as short sleepers, and they are documented, but they're very rare. So people that brag about the fact they only need four to five hours sleep or three to four hours of sleep, that is very, very unlikely unless they're documented short sleepers. Um, In reality, if you look at the research, what you find is that eight to 10 hours of sleep is ironically the usual recommendation, but it is true that that is a, a great amount of sleep. So seven to eight hours is probably optimal. More than 10 usually is indicative of either a depression or something is interfering with your normal sleep cycle or disrupting your normal cycle. But the impact of disrupted sleep, either not being able to go to sleep or going to bed late, again, having a regular uh, sleep uh, time onset and a regular sleep um, awakening is very critical to creating this biological cycle. Disruptions of that have a very negative impact on genetic expressions. Mm-hmm. You get more inflammation, you get more oxidative stress, you get a Im- negative impact on your immune system. So disrupted or reduced sleep, you may think it's great and you may compromise or compensate for it with a lot of caffeine or other kinds of stimulants, but it's very destructive. So important. Anything else you think our listeners need to know about things that they can do to change their biomarkers? Well, the, I think the biggest thing is really to pay attention to to diet. And, you know, we're talking about healthy longevity. If you look at the blue zones around the world, you do find they have healthy environments, but they all have essentially a, a Mediterranean diet. They eat fruits and vegetables from locally grown and brightly colored. So bright green, bright red, bright orange fruits and vegetables are very critical. Um, they use fish as a protein or, or uh, lentils and grains as their protein source. Most importantly, they, by the way, always have a respect for, for their elders. So no one is ever made mm-hmm. to feel useless. The senior most person in the family makes the decisions. The grandmothers and grandfathers make financial decisions. They make social decisions. They're never relegated. They're never made to feel useless. And they're always integrated into the community. And they're mm-hmm. physical. They're very sexual, what? they're very touching and, and yeah. uh, engaged with each other. So it's a very positive environment in which they live. Why do you feel that we don't have that in this country? Why don't well, we have I, the same thing? What do you think? Well, you know, I think we do. There are small communities. So you have Seventh-day Adventists and you have uh, yes. Mormon communities mm-hmm. and Amish communities and small communities that are more isolated from the general U.S. population, and they do begin to approximate these long-lived cultures. They have longer average life expectancies and less uh, general chronic disease. But I think here, when we're living in time-pressured, we're looking at the news every night, we're bombarded with 
with politics. We're bombarded with worries, global worries about which we can have little or no control. We live in a very toxic environment. I think Roundup is a hideous chemical that is pervasive in our environment. Um, when we add up all of these negative influences, our average life expectancy in the last two to three years has actually fallen in the United States. Really? I didn't know uh, that. Yes. It's declined by about a year and a half in the last uh, two to three years. So rather than thinking we've got this you know, tremendous uh, life expectancy, we've actually declined. And there's a, the World Health Organization now has a happiness index. may sound frivolous, but uh, it came out of Nepal. And Nepal mm. actually developed it as a social tool in helping communities decide where to allocate their money. And when you look at the World Health Organization ranking of countries by world happiness, the United States is number 37. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so we, have the, a huge, we spend a huge amount of money for the youngest average age population on the planet, and we rank 37th in life happiness. That's wrong. What, what's, number, no what's, in the, what's in the top five, Ken? What's in the top five, Denmark uh, top and Norway? Five, the top five are mostly the Scandinavian countries. Yeah, yeah, Den- yeah. Um, and uh, I believe that uh, Greece and Italy are in the yes. top ten, yeah. but uh, Denmark, Norway, Sweden, mm-hmm. uh, Finland are all up in the, the uh, top ten and, nations. And you know what's interesting about that is that in in Norway and in Denmark, it's dark. So much of the time they don't have light and they're still yeah. very happy. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I, I've spent time there in Norway, and they compensate. They they have long, dark winters, no question about that. But they're they're physically active. You know, they're always cross country skiing during the winter. Um, the cities are very, very well lit. If you're there in January in Oslo, this, this, it's bright. It's beautiful. There's a lot of light generated from you know artificial sources. But they compensate by these dark, cold winters by having healthy foods, lots of physical activity. Uh, you know, uh, abundant light from net, from uh, regenerative sources, and the social connectivity is astounding in that community, more than perhaps anywhere in the world. And I think those are the factors that, again, create these long-lived uh, and happy yeah. countries. Yes, yes. Dr. Sanjay Gupta did a special on this, and I think he went to one of those countries, and it was amazing yeah. to watch. Yeah, wonderful. So, what's your message to our listeners? How what would you what would you want to leave our listeners with? What are some definites that uh, to live longer and healthier lives with a positive attitude and stay happy? What would you say? Well, I think probably the basic message is. It is a certainty. It's not a speculation. It's not a theory. It's not a new age phrase, but that we do create our own lives. We govern our diet. We govern our stress levels. We have a lot of influence on the people around us and everything in our lives. And to really appreciate that in every minute and every way, both individually but collectively, by taking care of our environment, taking care of those people around us, our children, our families, our parents, each of these little mm, positive steps are additive. And the additive effect is a state of optimal health and optimal longevity, and it's entirely doable. There are no excuses. There's always room to make these incremental small differences, which cumulatively have a huge impact. Wonderful, wonderful, just wonderful inspirational interview. How can people find you and uh, tell us about, you know, workshops or seminars or what you're doing? 
Oh, thank you. Well, the best place is my website is drpelletier.com. Very simple, drpelletier.com. And there are, you know, seminars, webinars, um, you know, uh, conferences all over the world. The next few months I'll be in um, China and then uh, Costa Rica, New Zealand. So there are seminars I'm doing all over the world, and that's the best place to keep up. Wonderful. All right. And um, and also, are there any anything on your website like quizzes people can take or references or resources? Oh, there's, there are a vast number of resources. I actually blog usually four or five articles a week, and they appear on my website, and it's on all of the things that we're talking about. It's the latest research. I obviously stay up on the research that has come out since my book was published in the fall. Um, so that that's a great resource for references, uh, materials, videos, um, conferences that I'm involved in or other people, colleagues of mine are involved in. So it's a, a good one-stop shopping for virtually everything we're talking about. Lots of articles and lots of references and materials. Wonderful. So drpelletier.com. All right. I want to thank you so much for being on the program. It was really inspirational and and wonderful. Well, thank you. It's a great conversation with you. You're very good at what you do, and I congratulate you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Stay on the line just for a second, please. Okay. All right, folks, that wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. You can find me on Facebook, Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources, or if you want a copy of my newsletter where I talk about all the guests coming on every month, Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com, and I'll put you on the list. Until next time, have a great, great week. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.